0: Hello, all of you Bulletproof Marketer fans out there. It's your host, Christopher Tompkins, and you are listening to one of our classic BPM episodes. So I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. I am your host, Christopher Tompkins. Super excited about today's show because one of the topics I'm always asked about, and I'm not necessarily the biggest expert on, is the wonderful world of SEO. So we're bringing in my buddy, Michael Fleischner today, and he is from Big Big Fin SEO. He's going to be talking about a lot of, we're going to answer some of the questions that you guys have posed via social. You've DM'd me some really great stuff for Michael, and um, I've shared some of them. With him before the show, so I'm excited to see where the conversation goes. So we'll we'll introduce him in just a second. Um, If you were just a new person to our podcast, welcome, hello, I'm over here. Um, We we are streaming this live as well as we have the RSS podcast version. So if you are a podcast fan, please make sure to subscribe and download Apple, iTunes, wherever you're at. Um, And for our live streams, we have our live streams that are available on YouTube, Facebook, and a couple other places as well. But I say all this to say that in the descriptions of our videos, you'll be able to find links directly to where you can subscribe and learn more about our guests as well. In addition to that, um, I want to um, please ask me questions. What questions or what topics would you like to see in an upcoming show? This is pretty much like an hour of free consultation in any sort of um, subject area. We've co- already covered affiliate marketing. We've co- covered influencer marketing. We've covered um, social media marketing, of course. So we're doing SEO today. What would you like to see next? Let me know. Go to go salesandmarketing.com. Again, that's gosalesandmarketing.com. And you'll be able to uh, just DM me. Find my social media links. Ask us any question. Use the contact form. I really don't mind. What I want is for you to ask any questions that you have so we can help. So go ahead there. Oh, yeah. Also, I have an e-course that's free right now, social media marketing e-course, as well as some really great blogs that we just put up. Um, We've done some really interesting ones for, um, for the last few weeks. I would urge you to take a look at, and they're hopefully useful for you. So I want to introduce Michael Fleischner before we bring him on. Um, so as an entrepreneur, marketer and author, Michael Fleischner is the founder, like I said, of fin SEO. It's a search engine optimization and digital marketing agency and Report Hopper, which helps freelancers and agencies deliver quality reporting to their clients. Uh, Michael, he's been everywhere, right? So Michael's been on the Today Show, ABC World News, um, Bloomberg Radio, and he's also featured in USA Today. So he's doing things. He is also the author of SEO Made Simple, which is it, it's now in its seventh edition. So when a book's in its seventh edition, it means like you should probably take a look at it if you're interested in the subject matter because people are actually looking at it. Um, and I have read the book. If you are interested in SEO, it's definitely a title that I would suggest, especially if you're starting out. But even if you need a refresher, check it out on Amazon. Um, and he also hosts a weekly podcast too which is called The Digital Freelancers, and that's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So what I'm going to do right now, without further ado, is I'm going to let Michael in so we can all begin our conversation. We can start answering all of those burning questions that you're going to have for him. Michael, welcome.
1: Hey, Christopher. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm doing well. Uh, How about you? Uh,
1: About the same. About the (laughs) same, but really excited to be here and uh, so excited to be talking to you today.
0: So me as well. Um, so I gave you, uh, I gave you a very warm introduction to our uh, podcasting family. Um, I'm so but touched. Thank kind you. of like, yeah, I, I try, I try. I'm not I'm to touch people. Um, <laughs> but w- um, just kind of, just as a kind of an introduction, uh, I just would like you to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers.
1: Absolutely. So my name is Michael Fleischner. I'm a marketing guy. That's really all I know how to do. Uh, My specialty is really SEO, search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot with that, reputation management, content development. But at the end of the day, we help people look good online and we uh, really focus on optimizing websites so they show up in search results for related search terms. And I've been part of this business since really, I'm going to embarrass myself, but let's just say 20 years Uh, Almost when the internet began, Christopher, uh, we've been doing it that long. So uh, we love what we do. Uh, We work with a variety of clients uh, all the way up to a fortune 500 client uh, to a mom and pop shop, uh, you know, that's selling jewelry uh, in a strip mall. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we help clients of all sizes. We realize everybody has different needs and different budgets. And um, uh, in addition to that, I also, I'm a co-founder of a piece of software Called Report Hopper. Mm-hmm. And uh, this software is designed specifically for freelancers and agencies to report mm-hmm. to their clients. Mm-hmm. It was actually created out of my own frustration and my business partner. You know, when we started as freelancers, before we had our agencies, uh, we tried to create reports for our mm-hmm. customers. And as you know, uh, that can be difficult because you're working on so many different platforms, and you got to copy and paste, and it's just annoying, and it's very time consuming. So, um, you know, fortunately now I don't really have to worry about it, not just because of the software, but we've got a project management team who kind of coordinates all that. Yeah. But it's a lot of work, especially when you're freelancing. So, Absolutely. Report Report Hopper really just connects you know google analytics and google my business and facebook and all the platforms that we use mm-hmm. uh, or manage for our clients into a really simple reporting solution um and uh that's kind of my side project in yeah. addition to running the agency
0: but i have to say though i mean uh just from the agency side myself it's an absolute nightmare i don't think anybody understands You know when when we because i mean i I, we've struggled with reporting for for ages um and one of the things that we we started to do was just say i'm not going to use an automated solution i'm just going to pull and create and have a designer that does it and just do it because it was either um we were finding that and this is kind of something that you'll see as you do social media marketing you look into the analytics um some sites are very robust and some are the exact opposite Mm -hmm. so Give your client those results, and there's two metrics for LinkedIn and 75 for Facebook. It's kind of like, well, where's the rest of
1: the LinkedIn portion? <laughs> are you hiding something? Yeah, are you wanted? hiding something, right? <laughs> it's like,
0: no, no, I'm sorry, my bushel is open, my light is shining. This is all that's I got. Right. Um, so you were mentioning, um, you were mentioning freelancing, um, and that's kind of like where you were starting out. Um, One of the questions that we were asked based on your background was, um, can anybody be a freelancer? I know this isn't like specifically related to SEO, but kind of Mm -hmm. it, it just as a nice starting point for the conversation, what what say you?
1: (laughs) You know, that's a fantastic question because I think I'm I'm the example of someone who made a living out of being a freelancer Mm -hmm. and from a personality perspective at the time, I couldn't be any further from the truth. I was a corporate guy, I worked for uh, corporate America. I worked for the sixth largest company in Canada, uh, US-based, but it was a Canadian company. Yeah. Um, you know, Billions and billions of dollars, large corporate structure, uh, had a marketing team, worked my way up, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I never really even thought about freelancing until I uh, started to have this interest in SEO. And since it was so early in the industry, people were saying, can you teach me how to do that? Can you show me how to do that? I'm working on a website, can you help me? Mm -hmm. And before long, I started helping people and I was doing it for free at first. And then of course, a buddy of mine said, well, why don't you charge people? I said, I have no idea what to charge them. And he said, well, charge them for your time, figure out what your hourly rate is and just charge them by the hour. Mm -hmm. And that's how it all started. So I was working full-time and I did that for many years, Christopher. So working full-time, coming home, eating dinner uh, you know, with the wife and kids. And then afterwards, I'm going up to the room to work. And yeah. I would work for two or three hours a night. Mm-hmm. And over time, as my name got out there and I got more referrals, just like the agency business, truthfully, as you get more referrals and now you're not looking for the business that's coming to you, mm-hmm. I'm like... Maybe I can make some money doing it. Like maybe this could be a business. Yeah. And I told myself that I wouldn't leave my full-time job until I was making at least as much in my, in my freelance business as I was in my full-time job because I was so conservative. And, you know, as you know, we know a lot of people who they said, you know what, I'm going to start an agency or I'm going to be a freelancer and they quit their full-time job. Yeah. Like to me, that's yeah. just, insane. it's, it's extremely ballsy. I mean, it's it extremely is. ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, that, that's not what I would recommend for myself, right? For your yeah. listeners, everybody has to decide what their risk comfort level is. Yeah. Uh, but for me, that wasn't it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to just keep doing this. I'm going to double down. I'm going to take on the hours. And, you know, there were some mornings I was waking up at five o'clock and working from five to 7 a.m., taking a shower and then going to my full-time job and then working at night. I mean Man. it was grueling but yeah. I eventually got to that point and I shut the lights out at work and I never went back.
0: How so, long did it how long just out of curiosity Michael how long did it take you to get to that
1: point from yeah, deciding Yeah probably to make it? Yeah that's a, that's a, a another great question. I would say probably 10 years. Close ten to 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was eight, give or take a year, mm-hmm. but uh, it was hard because I was so focused on uh, kind of working for the man, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I bought into this belief that as an educated white male, it was expected of me to work for a corporation and try to, mm-hmm. you know, get as high in that corporation as exactly. I could, Climatized right as you could mm-hmm. and, and the reality is I was unfulfilled. Absolutely. That's not what made me happy. what made me happy was like as, as you know, working with these clients where the work that we do is mm-hmm. like really meaningful mm-hmm. as opposed to pushing paper for some corporation that they don't care, right If you're gone the next day, they'll just re- they'll put somebody else in your seat. Yeah. So it took a long, I, to me, that's a long time, uh, yes. especially as I look around and you see these 20 somethings who are smart, certainly smarter than I am, but they're aggressive and they go out and in two or three years, they're doing their own thing and they're successful. That, that mm-hmm. certainly wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more of this, you know, conservative, long process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I needed, I think, to grow as a person before yeah. I could really take on the responsibility of running a real business.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because mine was, mine was a different journey. It, what I did was I um, was doing some freelancing on the side because I created, um, I was at a position where I actually created a service that I'm now selling. And I created the strategy, I figured out how it worked, I tested it, it made, it made sense, and I let the company have it. Um, that I was working with, but then I was doing freelancing in the evenings and just like you, and then I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have to take a, take a look at some things and I'd fix them and then have to work or a lunch hour or whatever. Yeah. And um, it was kind of like the proof and concept was there. And I was, I kind of started saving. So I, I saved all the money that I was banking so I could have three months that I could have to look for a client. So um, because I was, I was, I was completely unfulfilled at my, my position because I was, I felt like a cog in the wheel and yeah. being a creative person and a problem solver, that is soul destroying, absolutely soul destroying. And also, I don't, I mean, as, as everyone that can hear the sound of my voice or see me knows that I, I, I'm, I'm no bullshit. So, uh, at the same time, uh, that, yeah. that really doesn't, didn't work there. So uh, I wanted to be my own person and have my own, my own job. So mm-hmm. what I did was I figured out what my monthly bills were and I created a package that all I had to do was sell one package and it would cover all of my bills. So what I did was after the, I saved up for uh, the three months that I had, I quit my job and then I started doing business development. And Amazing. I and obviously I didn't, all the freelance work that I had, I finished those contracts. I didn't continue yeah. them because I didn't want anybody to think that I was doing something shady. I'm starting this brand new and then I started the I got created the company name and I started getting I landed my first client in a week. Amazing. And because I had case studies, I had I had skin in the game. I had I could be little Mr. nobody in my Florida room working on on your social media, but guess what? I know exactly what I'm doing. So, mm-hmm. I think it's like the road there's and I always say that if you can find, if you can develop a product where you can sell one of them and cover everything, then all you mm-hmm. have to do is make that one sale. And then then you can grow. And as you grow, you can see how you need to change your prices and how you need to alter things. But that worked perfectly for me. And then it's like after, and then as a freelancer, after I had that one bill covered, all my bills covered and I had the extra spending money, everybody else was gravy. So everyone was hundred percent profit after that. So mm-hmm. you really started to feel confident and the confidence is what drives you forward in freelancing, I think. Because you start, you 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 were your own Stockholm syndrome. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're, you're your own worst enemy. Um, even as like a, because one of the things that um, people ask me a lot, they're like, why would you want to leave a job where you had one boss to go to an agency and have 15 or to 20 or 60 bosses? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's different because I'm
1: driving the ship.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely,
1: yeah. You know, it- And I also think too, it's at least for me, it's a pretty significant shift in mindset. When I worked in the corporate world, I had a boss and I was responsible to that boss. With clients, I feel like, yes, of course, you're responsible Mm -hmm. to the client, but you're not responsible for the client. And what I mean by that is you're in a position of providing value to multiple people. It's not a boss client relationship. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can look at it that way but you know just to circle back to something that you said Christopher which i i'm i'm glad you really called it out here for your listeners mm-hmm. you really need to go through that process so that you mm-hmm. believe in yourself that you can do it mm-hmm. and that's why it's important to go at your own pace i mean you give a great example where you had that one client but you were ready for that one client mm-hmm. if you hadn't done the additional freelancing and and proof of concept and actually doing it. I don't know that you would have been ready to take on that client. I I
0: completely agree with you. And I think that that's where um, when people are running before they can walk in terms of feeling, because I think that a lot of people feel self entitled to the point where it's a detriment in building their own freelance business, Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: if you're coming out of the gate and thinking that you're, you're hot shit and you have nothing to back it up, it's, it's, uh, I think it's, you're not gonna last long. You're gonna be looking, you're exactly. gonna be looking at ZipRecruiter soon. And I, I think that that's kind of uh, not the real goal, but like, let's steer it. Let's do this conversation a bit more over to SEO and, uh, and search results. Cause I know that's what, uh, there's a couple questions that people were, were, were put in to ask. Um, I think the biggest thing is Google. Okay, obviously Google is the biggest search engine and everyone's talking about organic versus paid results. And is there a way that you can control organic search results?
1: Yes and no. Um, Of course. (laughs) Right? It's part art and part science. So Mm -hmm. the reality is any reputable SEO company will tell you that they can go through a process to, quote, unquote, optimize your website. But at the end of the day, it's Google who controls your ranking. Now, no one knows what's inside the Google algorithm. Uh, but we we the industry has a has a general sense of what's important to Google because Google provides us tools like Google Search Console, Google Analytics, mm-hmm. uh, and we have third party tools in the industry like Semrush and Moz and these other tools yeah. that help analyze websites based on best practices as it relates to search engine rankings. So even though we don't know what's truly you know what makes up the algorithm, we have a pretty good idea of what's in the recipe and to some extent what the weight of those different items are. So for example, in our agency, we go through a five-step process that starts with like basic SEO and I won't go into the details here, but like basic SEO, then we do some keyword research, then we do technical SEO, and then we focus on on on-page and content, making sure that's optimized, and then what we call off-page SEO. And the reason we go through that process is based on the current Google algorithm, we want to hit all the boxes. We want to make sure we're checking off everything that we know, both directly and indirectly, Google is looking for, or I should say Google is using to put that number one website in the number one position. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's even called position zero because things like knowledge cards, like you search for a definition or something like that, you get like that panel at the top yeah. um, that's considered a search result. So I think, you know, the, the key is identifying what is in your control and what is mm-hmm. out of your control. Right. And when people say, can you really control search results? I say, yeah, absolutely. Because if I was starting from scratch and I needed to get ranked, I would, you know, search the keyword I'm looking for. And I'd look at the top results. And see if there was something there that I could either replicate or be part of. A great example: I had a, a reputation management client that I was speaking to this morning, uh, and this person is um, uh, well. I'm collaborating with an agency, and their client is a prominent politician. And uh, don't worry, they haven't been in the news recently. Okay. Um, but you know, we were we were uh, we do reputation management for this individual, mm-hmm. and. The question was really what items are missing. And what I mean by that is generally when you're looking at an individual, so I'm not speaking to company name, but I'm using this for illustration. If you Google your name, what generally comes up? Well, your Facebook profile, your LinkedIn profile, your Twitter account. So if we wanted to get someone uh, not just a, a positive reputation online, but we want to get them to rank high, uh, what we could do is we could leverage the existing assets that are already there and make sure that they're well optimized so they show up in search results. And there's you know, parallels across many different industries. Uh, we do work for a number of doctors. So like ZocDoc comes to mind. So we make sure that comes up. Um, so other sites that would list that particular business or individual. And um, that can be manipulated. But, but we use that five-step process because mm-hmm. we know that if we go through and check all those boxes, we have the best opportunity to start showing in search results.
0: And it, uh, one of the things I really want to focus on with what you said is something that um, I, it, ha- it comes up in conversation when I'm talking to prospects when we're talking about maybe a digital marketing campaign for them. And they will, they'll, I'll suggest that we should know we should focus, they, they're looking for visibility. And I said, well, if you're looking for search engine visibility, we should really need to optimize all of your accounts that you rank highly for on social. Um, because obviously I, I can do that for social media. I can't do that for your website. I don't know how to do that, but I could do that for social media, no problem. Um, but, uh, and they, they think, well, I, I, what are you even talking about? And I will literally do a short video of me Googling them and scroll through the results and send it to them and mm-hmm. say, listen, these are the ones, look, look where you are. And you have an avatar on your picture, your title's all lowercase. You don't have any links in your profile. We need mm-hmm. to kind of just bump this up. Um, and even if someone thinks that they have a really stellar profile, because a lot of people think they have kind of mastered the art of writing the profile. Because yes. LinkedIn is just a resume, right? It's just a CV. Um, there are tools and there are ways to make them stickier and better and mm-hmm. uh, you know enrich them. But Absolutely. no, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I mentioned that sometimes when um, I, my clients will say, you know, so what, what, what so you're doing Google and I'm like, no, 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 I'm just helping you out. I'm just giving you, doing you a solid by right. like making sure that the things that you rank highly for that I'm controlling look better. Um, yes. So um, that's a good segue to kind of saying how does social media help with SEO? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think this is something that has really evolved over the last, I'm actually going to say three or four years. And it's evolved because as these social media sites have gained larger and larger presence in search results, Mm -hmm. we can leverage the authority of those sites to to build the authority for a website. So a great example of this is someone who has a really good uh, Twitter following. Well, every time we do a blog post, we can tweet that out. And when we do, that link is actually on twitter.com. And it's pointing back to the website. And because it's pointing back to the website, Twitter is giving their authority to that website and saying, this site is important. So as you know, um, because you've built out a lot of accounts, to the extent that your account is optimized, meaning I'm looking at two Twitter accounts, uh, you know, Michael Fleischner has three followers and, is new to Twitter and you know Christopher has 10,000 followers and has been on Twitter for 10 years if I post a link to your site or your Twitter account versus mine yours is going to hold more weight Mm -hmm. because Google uses social media to identify really popularity I mean I hate to say that because it sounds like we're back in high school oh yeah but it's a popularity contest so you know if you're getting links pointing to your website from these very authoritative social media accounts they kind of take notice and say hmm maybe there's maybe there's a reason why people are pointing to this website and that will help increase the authority of the website and just to take a step back one of the key things in seo is website authority and there are a bunch Mm -hmm. of different ways to measure this you know Moz calls it domain authority Hrefs calls it something else. All these kind of uh, third-party applications, yeah. and you want that to be as high as possible. So Google's going to be a one hundred, and everyone else is south of one hundred. Yeah, and that authority is largely based on on-site optimization, all the things we talked about earlier, as well as off-page optimization. Who's linking to you? Right. So in your industry, if you want to come out higher than the next guy you need to match their links and do them one better. Mm -hmm. And if you do, and your authority is higher when someone searches for an affordable SEO company, you're going to come up over someone else. Mm. So those are some of the items that are extremely important when we think about optimization uh, because it really does come down to leveraging the resources you control and social media is something that we control. So it's extremely important. And, and, and honestly, it's been over the last three or four years, it just continues to grow in importance. I
0: completely agree with you. And so, it, but one of the things I'm going to say as a caveat is with these, with the content you um what what you're saying, Michael, is that once you click that link, it gets more authority through Google. But here's the thing, folks, someone has to click the link. They got to take the bait. You have to make it look good. So there has to be a strategy in place. So just throwing up like, hey, do you need this? Click here. That's not going to work because no one's mm-hmm. going to click that unless your audience likes to be like that. Maybe it's like more of a personal injury lawyer approach, like, yeah. like pointing at you and you need to do this. But uh, I think, I, I, I really think that getting a really good content strategy together will enhance that so much. That's why I really am very particular about um, zoning in on the correct messaging to put out on clients, or even when I'm consulting, just kind of saying, mm-hmm. hey, you have like so many followers, put out something good, you know, put mm-hmm. out something, or how about this? If you're not having that much success, increase the frequency to see if it's the timing. Maybe it's just getting lost in the shuffle. Maybe mm-hmm. try an A-B messaging strategy. There's different ways of doing it. But all of these things will talk right to the point so you can actually get the benefits that Michael's talking about. Um, there are fantastic SEO benefits um, through social media.
1: Yeah, um, and it, you know, the other thing too, Christopher, is that Google uh, has been talking for a long time about this metric called EAT, EAT, which mm-hmm. is experience, authority, and trust. Mm-hmm. And we know based on... Data that's coming out, right? Because there are SEO resources that follow all the patent applications and all the things that Google is doing. We know that they're looking at the before, during, and after, Mm -hmm. which is kind of scary if you think about it. So they know, let's say if you're looking at the metrics for your website, they know what you were doing before you got there Mm -hmm. and they know where you go when you leave. Mm -hmm. And that really speaks to this idea that you're uh, talking about. And obviously you uh, work on with your clients, which is the engagement piece. Mm -hmm. So in order to establish, you know, expertise, authority, and trust, Mm -hmm. well, if you trust a social account, you're going to interact with that social account. You're going to leave a comment. You're going to share, you're going to like, you're going to click on the link. You're going to do all of these things, Mm -hmm. but if you're not illustrating any of those, uh, then Google's not really going to take you seriously. They're going to think you're a bot and you're just posting content all day, every day, which they Absolutely. couldn't honestly care less about.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that as well. And I think that something, of, something that another thing that kind of falls into this category is the bait and switch tactic on posting kind of like the taking a like a creative version of the truth and bringing, bringing people, people to your website or bringing them to the wrong page on your website Anything that increases your bounce rate screws over this whole eat thing as well because mm-hmm. you're going through you're basically throwing water right through a pail with as no bottom in it just like throwing it out so um, true yeah because we've had um, we've had some clients that we we haven't had access to their Google analytics originally because they said that they didn't have them or they just didn't know that they had it so we're looking at our results on Facebook and Instagram and, and LinkedIn. We're like, wow, look at all this stuff. And, and they're like, well, we're not getting anything. And I'm like, well, we finally, we found out that their bounce rate was 90%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't design your website, so I don't know what I can do to help you there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting because I think that there's, there's so many different pieces to look at on all of these matters. You know, there's different, I mean, I have to look at four different sites to give a client an answer sometimes mm-hmm. in order to, because mm-hmm. nothing is a hundred percent infallible.
1: That's true. And, you know, I, even now, so on the paid side, we use uh, data studio, uh, which is, you know, a great uh, solution from Google to basically create this live report um, that clients can see what's happening inside their paid account. And. You know, having access to the data is one thing, but understanding it is something completely different. And I think that's where you come in. That's where agencies like mine come in, which is to make that actionable. Because I mean, you you know the social media and other uh, data inside and out, and you're able to look at that and say, "Oh, we need to uh, tweak this dial up, and we need to tweak this dial." Yeah. clients, they look at it and they're just looking at, oh, I got X amount of likes. And they right. don't go any further to really use it as a tool to diagnose where the opportunity is. Yes. And I think that's the value of investing with people like you to manage those campaigns because you're not just setting up and running a campaign. You're, you're focused on taking the knowledge from the data and just continually improving it. And that's how these brands really grow online. So that's extremely important. And um, really being educated on uh, what the data means, I think, is a vital step for everyone.
0: Yeah, and I think understanding that, I think even even if you're going to be hiring an SEO company like yourself, a social media digital company like myself to handle things, Um, There are going to be things that you're still going to have to learn in order to Mm -hmm. to really understand the investment that you're making in either of our areas. You are going to have to be open to understanding certain metrics. What I do to kind of help people get their feet wet when I can tell that metrics are a little challenging for them is to just really focus on a couple KPIs or a couple Mm -hmm. ROI items that we can just focus on initially. Keep all the whole big old reporting engine Mm -hmm. going but then just focus on a couple of things that we can really help, un- help them understand how it works. Because having an ad that is clicked on Facebook 7,000 times does not equate to 7,000 people visiting that website. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe someone clicked and their internet connection was really slow. And when they were leaving Facebook, they got tired of waiting. Maybe mm-hmm. your website was down for a second and you didn't know because there was server maintenance. Maybe your website takes forever to look. There's like a million different things that are the problem. So mm-hmm. it's it's good to come into a relationship with an agency understanding that we will lead you through everything, mm-hmm. but we we can't just hand things over to you and you're going to instantly get them. Unless, because you, you're coming to us for expertise.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. and it's just,
0: a, it's just a point I like to throw out every once in a while, because um, just anytime that we would send out reports, like I would say, like uh, we used to do reports about... I don't know six or seven years ago that were like 20 page reports and I would look through them and I knew exactly everything and I was like wow look at all this data because I'm a total nerd and so the clients are like that's 20 pages not opening close mm-hmm. and then uh, it's like well hey I was given some insights here and I am showing you how do we can do this better and it's like oh wait I'll, let me just change my communication process and how we mm-hmm. present data to clients um, but but yeah, um, yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's definitely a challenge. Um,
1: and I think you really hit the nail on the head. It, it really comes down to, um, I always call it the elegant solution, which is how simple can we make it without losing the essence of what we're trying to communicate? Yeah. And I know I've seen your reports, obviously, I, I know how fantastic those are, um, you know, and they're they're simple but highly effective because you're really highlighting on the most, highlighting the most important things that clients need to know. Mm -hmm. And I feel that, um, you know, what you touched on earlier is so meaningful, which is you start with the KPIs that really matter. Mm -hmm. And we know that because we we do this for a living. We know what's important. And I think educating clients on that sharing that information with them, walking hand in hand until they truly understand what it means and how they can use it to affect the business, I think is extremely important. And we see this in SEO all the time I always you know, people always want to know, okay, well, what are you doing? And we have regular reports that show not just what the work, and you do the same thing, I know, not just the work that we're doing, but -hmm. what the results are, and how that's affecting KPIs. If we wanted, Christopher, we could say, look, we're tracking a 1000 keywords for your site. Mm -hmm. So every week, I'll send you a report that shows you the ranking of a 1000 keywords, but who's going to read that? Like, It's pointless. So I think you know, you're know you spot on. It's all about what information is really critical and how can you communicate that in a simple but effective way to your clients.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's also having, if you are going to be asking for help, understand that is, it, it, it can be a really ice cold handover and we can just handle, I mean, there's clients that we're working on right now, I have not physically communicated with for five years. And wow. we're running all of their messaging, all of their social media, and everything. So it's a possibility; it can happen and work really great. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a, there uh, that's that's not the norm. <laughs> you know, that's a, it's an exception mm-hmm. to the rule. Uh, and you know, when when we have clients that you know, we'll show them visibility metrics. This is one of the things I always say too. When I when a client comes and says they really want to focus on visibility, I always build the campaign front loaded with visibility that would last over time. And then I put lead generation underneath. And um, so, because visibility can be like Chinese food and you can be hungry in half an hour. So I like to have a steak underneath the Chinese food. So when you're hungry, you got something to snack on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, but that's one of the things too, cause you're looking at, okay, well, wow. We got a million impressions. That's amazing for today. But mm. what is tomorrow going to bring? How are you going to feel the next day? And that's why we really try to help educate our clients. So they really know the benefits of what they're doing in their, in their investment. Cause it's like the two sides of ROI, right? Return on influence, return on investment.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: we want to make mm-hmm. sure that we're talking to, to both of those at all times. Um, now let's talk, let's go into like website stuff. Um, this is like one of my, I'm weak as hell in this area. Um, how can someone, what are the best ways to optimize a website?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, to answer that, I would say turn to technical SEO. And technical SEO is really all about website performance. And it's also about tagging. And those two elements are critical in technical SEO. That's not all of technical SEO, not even close, but those are two easy things that businesses can focus on. And when I say website performance, what I'm really talking about is something as simple as how fast does your website load? Yes. And you know, Google makes it as complicated as you want. They talk about first full paint. They talk about how things render. They talk about uh, the order of rendering. You could get as sophisticated as you want. But at the end of the day, does your site load quickly? When you pull up your own website, are you frustrated waiting for that site to fully populate? And if the answer is yes, then guess what? Your site is not performing well. So it's not, it doesn't have to be a difficult assessment or test, but keep in mind that you're competing against similar websites mm-hmm. and you can use free tools, Google offers a page insights tool, a developer mm-hmm. tool. You can plug in your URL. It'll tell you everything you need to know. There are paid tools as well, but you can determine if your site really performs from a technical perspective in a positive way. And specifically here, I'm talking about speed. Mm-hmm. The second thing that people can do with their websites, which you know I guess is the second most important, at least from my perspective, and again, I'm wearing the SEO hat here, right. is really around tagging. Now, when you do a search on Google and you get Google search results, all of the content that you see there is being scraped from websites, all of it, Mm -hmm. almost all of it, Mm -hmm. okay? If not from websites, it's come from Google Maps or uh, from their search query tool. So because that's the case, what a great opportunity for you to control what potential consumers will see when they search for you or the products or services you offer. So that's metadata. That's titles. That's descriptions. It's also what we call schema markup. Mm-hmm. And those things allow you to control what individuals are seeing out in search results. And just like you mentioned earlier, Christopher, with you know, social, being able to control the message so that people actually click Mm-hmm. as opposed to something that is less pr- provocative, not very interesting, right. somewhat mundane, mm-hmm. you want to do a similar thing with SEO because we know that Google is not just looking at website authority, for example, they're also looking at click-through rates. So it becomes a self-serving prophecy mm-hmm. of, you know how do you reach Nirvana? And it creates something that people start clicking on because the more they click on it, the higher it's going to show up in search results. Right. So a great thing you can do is when you search for a particular term or on a particular query, see what the number one result says. Mm-hmm. How have they structured their metadata? How are they referring to the solution or the product? And don't look at the ads, right? Uh, we all know that when you do Google, Google search ads appear on top. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes there's a map or three pack, we call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be Q and A, there may be a knowledge panel. Scroll down below all of that and look at the first organic result and see what it says because those are all things that are in our control. We can control how quickly our website loads with the right development. We can control what our metadata says. And by focusing just on those two aspects of your website, you can really start to see pretty significant change. I mean, there are a million other things involved, Mm -hmm. uh, but those would be two things in particular that I would focus on.
0: Yeah, I I love that. Um, another thing that comes up quite a bit, and it's it's almost a it, I get I get I get asked two different questions, and it's kind of like um, oh I need SEO for my business, and it's kind of like okay, well tell me more about your business. It's like why, why do you need to know? It's it's, oh, it's just SEO, and um, it's like well no no, there's different types, different strokes for different folks. Um, For example, like, just kind of like spitballing, if you had a, a local business that is just like a restaurant versus a online shop for, I don't know, ties, that's two
1: completely different strategies, correct? Absolutely. So with your local business, the biggest opportunity they have is the knowledge panel, which is Google My Business, which is a free, it's the largest business directory on the planet. It's Mm a hundred percent free, but you have to claim your, your, uh, you know, profile. You have to verify it. You have to enter your business information. You have to update it every week uh, with ongoing posts. There's work to be done there, but that's a very different strategy than an e-commerce store where, you know, potentially you're running paid ads. Mm -hmm. Um, you you're focusing on, let's say image optimization. You're focusing potentially on video promotion. There are a lot of different things that go into that type of optimization. And, um, I always say you just have to be better than your next competitor. Mm -hmm. And when people hear that, their mind goes to their business, their industry, their competitive set. And that's the reality. You're not competing against everybody online. You're just competing against those who are competing for your clients. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, that's a great distinction Mm -hmm. because even as that distinction becomes less obvious, meaning maybe you're talking about, I've got a friend whose agency just focuses on manufacturing but even within manufacturing, there are different types of manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the, the nomenclature around manufacturing, but you know, there are some who maybe produce um, uh, textiles mm-hmm. versus those who are creating uh, materials like canvas and rubber and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So within those industries, it breaks down even further because maybe some have a certain type of manufacturing technique Mm -hmm. as opposed to others. So it's really important to work through that decision tree and get a clear understanding of who your competitors are. Because if you take more of a general approach and say, oh, I want to be ranked number one in the world for medical device. Well, guess what? You don't have enough time or money to get there. Impossible. And I would turn you away as a client. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, well, what type of medical device? Just like you were asking about, like, tell me more about your business. This is why we do it, right? Yeah, It's it's to get at the most meaningful pieces that will help us create and craft a strategy that will work. That's why we're good at what we do, because we do all of the research up front and we get a lot of clarity around the goals and objectives and the market and the competitive set and all of those things in order to deliver social media posts that people are gonna to wanna to engage with. So yeah. that it's extremely important.
0: Yeah, and, and also like speaking to the Google My Business piece and this is, this. I, I, everybody, please just claim your business. You know what, <laughs> and here's, okay, this is what, okay, this is, this is gonna be preaching to the converted and this is us commiserating here, right? Um, uh, how many times has a client tried to um, claim his business but never got the postcard?
1: Just just for that client, it just doesn't show up. It just
0: doesn't show up. The Secretary <laughs> threw it away because she thought it was spam. I'm going right. to tell you right now, that's what happened. Didn't get past the mailroom. Uh, didn't mm. get past the sec- your, your gatekeeper. Please, a big hot tip. Hot tip. If you are going to claim your Google My Business verifi- verification card and number, and you want to verify your business, whoever is getting your mail needs to know that it's coming. Something for Google is going to be coming. Please put it on my desk when it comes through. All you got to do is that. Just hold the person that's getting the mail accountable. And guess what? If you're getting the mail, hold yourself accountable. Remember that you're looking for something for Google and it's going to come in two weeks. Um, it arrives. Yeah. I'm telling you, I've had it. This is so funny, Michael. I actually, um, my, one of our clients was um, developing a new property. It was an assisted um, living facility chain and they were developing a new property, they were just, it was a pile of dirt. Google, they delivered it to the trailer at the pile of dirt for the verification. Wow. So it comes, it comes to dirt folks. It comes to work bands. <laughs> so I'm so telling no you, excuses. Just, just let, your, let your people know. Now I have a question, kind of a, more of a personal question. Um, with the Google My Business, posts. Okay. You're able to, and, and folks, I don't know if you understand this, but you are able to post just like your post on your Facebook page to Google my business with a couple of caveats in terms of ch- and things that you can do. But how, if you were to say like, how often should you do a post like that? Is there a magic number?
1: Yeah, you really want to do one a week. And the reason you want to do one a week is they expire after I believe 10 days. And if you post and you do nothing after that initial post, Google will send you an email saying, your post is about to expire, put up yes. a new post. I don't like getting spam. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I want to make sure there's always a queue of posts so that um, you know I'm not getting these, these emails. Now, mm-hmm. is it going to make a significant amount of difference? I can tell you for the small business that keeps that Google, my business listing up to date, which according to Google now means doing these posts because they combine just the history here. They used to, they tried to create a social network. As you know, Google plus didn't quite work out the way they had hoped. Freaking hated that. Yeah, that was terrible. So they've integrated it into Google, my business now and Um, my recommendation is, uh, and and I'm sure you, if you haven't already talked about, you know, all the tools you guys use on the social media side, Mm -hmm. you know, there are tools you can use to schedule these posts. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's often the best way to do it, uh, Mm -hmm. because it could get a little, it it could become a new, a nuisance if you have to continually do this every week, but I generally put in a month worth of posts four posts, you know, you're sitting down, you got some time in between meetings, you crank out, Ah, uh, for meaningful posts that are on message, part of your ed cal, so on and so forth, and you let it ride. And I have seen really good results with that, Christopher. Mm-hmm. You know, these small little uh, mom and pop businesses are mm-hmm. starting to get a lot more traction because Google sees that they're active, mm-hmm. and they want recent information. They want people to have a great user experience, and if they know. That you know the uh, the little ice cream shop around the corner has this you know fun uh, ice cream flavor that only comes out on Mondays and they're posting about it every week. Then mm-hmm. they love that. So yeah, I would say once a week uh, is a pretty good schedule, mm-hmm. and it doesn't take much, guys. You know you got to put yep. in the time and the effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, or hire somebody to do it for you. But when you do those things, you really start to see some good results in organic search.
0: And another thing too, is another hot tip is if you are small, and here's the thing, when you were talking about, you know, it shows that you're being active. The thing is that if you're a small local business, you're not gonna be as active as like a big massive restaurant chain. So they have the whole, they have all these strategies behind them. So you have to do a little bit more heavy lifting. They don't have to do as much because they're super duper active. So another hot tip that I have for you is if you are taking photographs, dump the photos, upload the photos, just dump them into your Google My Business account. You don't need to caption them if you don't want to. If you want to, God bless you. Just dump them in there. I have, um, we have a couple clients that we do about 15 photos a week uploaded. And because of that, they have more views on their Google My Business than anybody else that we're dealing with. hundred percent of the time. And, and I'm telling you, because let's think about it. How many of us have gone to a listing when we're trying to bet a new business, especially something that you're like, oh, I want to go out to dinner, huh? I wonder what their food looks like. And then you're allowing all of the photographs of your food that looks all brown when it's taken by a shitty iPhone to be posted all over your Google My Business. You can run this. You can take beautiful mm. shots and you can have happy staff members and beautiful pictures of the food in the window, lit nicely. I'm not saying get a photographer here, Mm -hmm. but um, everyone's a photographer. Everyone has an iPhone. They're like really good, right? Um, So you can take really good photos. So just turn on a light in your business and take a picture. (laughs) But it's a really good way also if you are... to show the inside, I like this as one of my um, for a hyper local business. If you're if you're if you're like a boutique or you're like on a on a strip mall and there's lots of different t- choices, like your exterior shot is not going to be everything. It's that mm-hmm. experience that you've created once they come through that front door. So show them what they what it looks like in your business. Show them what they what everything looks like. We had a business that we worked with was a local fish market, and we did internal shots and. Because when you think fish market, you're like, because I mean, mm-hmm. how many of you been in that? The floors are all soaking wet and it's like smells bad. And you're kind yeah. of like grossed out a little bit. Um, this is beautiful. And everyone's really friendly and they have really fun things on the wall. It's like an experience. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we posted that stuff, it was getting views through the roof and it completely helped their rankings. So mm-hmm. another good tip, dump pictures, yeah. as many as you yeah. can.
1: Absolutely, and for that small business too, I'd give one additional tip, which is focus on reviews. We yes. know that reviews make a meaningful difference, mm-hmm. and uh, ask your best clients. You don't have to ask everybody. You know, if you're because the objection that most people have is, "What if someone leaves a bad review?" My answer is, "Then fix your business." <laughs> <laughs> I it's, love that. It's not an SEO problem; it's a business problem, and. <laughs> It's funny, you know, you look at restaurants that have empty parking lots and like I could solve that problem in literally three seconds. All I have to do is go to Yelp and read the reviews and I know exactly what needs to get fixed. But a lot of business owners don't wanna look at the ugly truth and use it to learn and improve. They would rather just, you know, not look. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, especially for that small business from an SEO perspective, um, the things that we're talking about here are extremely important. And what I like too, Christopher, is that with Google My Business, you can upload video. Yes. And they, mm-hmm. y- because I know you do this throughout your work, but that whole idea of capturing the brand experience mm-hmm. is is often best told through video even if it is a shot of someone literally walking through the front door and shaking hands with someone, I don't even know if you can do that anymore. But you know, walking in and saying hello and yeah. engaging with the products or services and um, by sharing that information online on the largest search engine in the world uh, is a great place to do it. Yeah. You know, and one thing that kept on coming up throughout our conversation is the importance of
0: looking at your competitors. This is mm-hmm. something that um, it's, it's I, I try to instill the importance of this right off the bat when we onboard a new client, um, we'll do a full competitive analysis. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me how many people or how many companies can't name five direct competitors off the top of their head. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of, I don't know if it's, it's more rhetorical, I guess, but it it's, I, I, you have to know who your direct competitors are. And and one of the things is that the next thing I'll hear out of, out of the mouth would be, um, well, we're, we're different. And it's like, you're a snowflake, right? There's lots of snowflake in the same snowstorm. So you're yeah. in the snowstorm. Okay. Mm-hmm, so you're mm-hmm. one unique snowflake. And this one over here, it came from the same industry and this is unique as well. Mm-hmm. So but just being able to understand that you can learn so much about how, I mean, that's where we look um, pretty quickly. I mean, if we're doing a just a, oh God, even if we're doing a TikTok account, um, yeah. just looking at the direct competitors and how they're, pr- they're proceeding, you can see. wow, that post got 800. Okay, let's take that down and let's kind of find a version of how we can do that. Mm-hmm. And then they got, and it's like, you can come up with so those smart. Years, really great ideas, mm-hmm. um, but it's so interesting that a lot of people um, on the website side miss that as well. Uh, because one of the things I was going to ask you as well is, and then people understanding their business and how their business works and how people consume them online.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How, how do you advise or help people optimize or advise them to optimize for mobile? If their audience is like 90% plus mobile. And their website is full big title. So you're like, you get on the phone and it's like, the, buh, buh. It's like It's like, yeah. Yikes.
1: Yeah. Well, look, I mean, mobile is it. We know that more than 70% of all queries are on mobile. Yep. And it's not a question of how many people are doing mobile versus not mobile anymore. And of course, you can go into Google Analytics. It'll tell you the exact numbers. But I can guarantee you, if you haven't looked at it and you are... Really, in almost any industry, if you go and look, it's probably 70, 30, or you know plus or minus. But um, so to that end, we really need to make sure from an optimization standpoint that we are focusing on what's called mobile first, right. which means that Google is indexing the mobile version of your website first. And this is not some um, you know esoteric concept. That's literally how it works. Mobile mm-hmm. First was implemented probably two, maybe even three years ago. Yeah. So they've been doing it longer than we want to admit. But that's also why you see a lot of the web development platforms, whether it's you know uh, Wix or uh, WordPress or GoDaddy site or whatever, yeah. Square, they're mobile responsive now. So what they've done is they've created a development environment that allows the uh, website to really reconstitute itself based on the viewer. Mm-hmm. And that could be an iPad, it could be an iPhone, it could be an Android, it could be a desktop, it could be any of those things. Mm-hmm. But we need to keep that in mind. And you know, the biggest criticism I have when we go into optimized websites is often people have so much content Ooh. on their primary pages. Now, when it comes to blogging and it comes to content development, actually longer is better, that's yeah. still true. But when it comes to your homepage and your service page and your about page, uh, you know, we see these long arduous pages that no one's ever going to get through. And that works against you from an SEO perspective. And by the way, on mobile, after someone swipes once or twice, they're done. They're leaving. Mm -hmm. They're never coming back. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, even if you're using one of these platforms that is flexible, you still have to be mindful of the user experience because yeah. user experience is a large part of SEO today. And it wasn't two, three years ago, mm-hmm. but today it really is.
0: It really is. And it, it's, I'm usually like, for example, if we're ever, um, when we start working with a client, what we do is we have an Android, an iPhone and a small iPad, a large iPad, a desktop, and a, um, a laptop, and we mm-hmm. view the website on all of them side by side. And then we see, okay, well, your audience, the audience for this, this, the target audience is uh, 55 to a 75-year-old female, um, uh, education level this, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying 55 to 75, and it's kind of like, well, my, with my 41-year-old eyes, um, I, I, I can't barely read this on this phone. So I'm thinking that we There's might a problem. Just, yeah, there's a problem. And yeah. It's so interesting because they're like, well, I don't want that big typeface, and I was like, well, do you want them to look at it? Maybe you should do a video instead. Maybe you can do something different. And mm-hmm. it's it's it it's really shocking again to see how many people don't look at their website on multiple platforms because uh, there uh, some platforms. I remember one. It was for an, I think it was for an eye doctor. Funnily enough, and he had so much content on his website. You pulled it up mm-hmm. on mobile. It was basically the website shrunk. So you had, so you, teeny tiny. so you get like literally to navigate, you had to use your pinky because you would like, if you did a finger mask, you go to like 14 different pages.
1: Wow. And it's like,
0: oh my God, how much business are you losing? Like it's, it, there. that's a big, big mobile market. So mm-hmm. a big hot tip to anybody listening and watching is to take a look at your website on your phone. Make sure that you take a look at it and see if it, your target audience is going to like it or be excited by it. Um, because I mean, even, even like concert venues or Ticketmaster for years, it was, uh, they never had anything mobile responsive.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Big... So isn't that or... interesting how some of the largest, biggest, best websites, I mean, Disney is another example, Disney's web or mobile experience was horrendous mm-hmm. up until maybe a couple years ago. Yep. And it's only because Google has been forcing these updates mm-hmm. because they have all the data. They know that people People's search behaviors have evolved and changed, and everyone's using some type of mobile device. And I say everyone because almost everyone is using uh, some type of portable device. And-, and I think
0: also just throwing it in there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're right. And everyone needs to understand this. It's kind of like, well, our market's over 65, then they're looking at the newspaper on their iPad. They might have a, a, a jitterbug or a cricket phone mm-hmm. or whatever but they still have an ipad or some pad a fire or something that someone got them for yes. christmas that they're using like it's That's it, right it, it you know it's it's it, i i get i get a little frustrated sometimes when i'm like no they have it you got to make sure that it looks good on that it's not like well they all they all these people use is desktop computers and i was just like what i mean <laughs> I yeah, can't yeah. See it.
1: <sighs> well it just reinforces christopher what we already know which is yeah. You have to start these engagements with an understanding, a true understanding of your audience. And if you're not willing to put in the time, then you shouldn't be selling what you're selling because at the end of the day, the the client is the hero. You're only there as the guide. Mm -hmm. And um, in order to make them successful, you need to give them a plan. And you can't do that unless you really know what their problem is and how to solve it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think for some clients, it can be frustrating. Well, what do you mean you can't just SEO optimize my site? I have to fill out this, this questionnaire and people get annoyed with us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, do you want us to do it right? And do you want us to focus on the 20% that'll give you the 80% result? Or do you want us just to get started and, and do what you think uh, is going to do it? And part of that is just education and sharing with clients what has worked with similar clients, and going back to what you said earlier, really showing them from a competitor standpoint what seems to be working in the market. Right. And there's a great site for people who are interested in SEO. It's called Similar Web, uh, SimilarWeb.com. And uh, there's free and paid, but you know, if you want to punch in a competitor, you can see exactly what their organic traffic is, where they. Uh, get additional traffic from? Are they running paid ads? People who visit their site, what are other sites they have visited before or after? Um, And there are tools like this in almost every industry. There are others. SpyFu is another one that comes to mind. You can use the Google AdWords uh, tool itself. But the whole point is that the more that we have a deeper, more comprehensive understanding of who your competitors are, as well as your best clients, the yes. better we can help you as an agency whether you're doing social or SEO or any type of digital marketing mm-hmm. uh, that's that's really what it's all about
0: yeah and it's it's funny that it's funny that you say that too because one of the things that we we're, we're always looking at is who's your best current client and who mm-hmm. is your ideal client and then we look and look at them side by side and say like why is this the ideal client then? This one is great, but mm-hmm. why are we looking at this one and then asking the question, "Why is this ideal?" This person seems perfect. They're super mm-hmm. reliable. They're spending money. They're coming back. They're referring business to you. But why is this the like the golden goose? Like it, mm-hmm. it's it's always interesting to understand the the sociology or the reasons behind it because sometimes that actually can cover a whole other campaign that you could help them with that may be separate from the current client campaign, so to speak. Just the different avatars. But. Absolutely. Well, okay, Michael, we're going to wrap it up. Um, is there anything else? I mean, can you anything that you want to plug that's coming up?
1: Sure. So, um, as I mentioned, <clears throat> uh, we are Big Fin SEO, bigfinseo.com. If you guys have any uh, interest in SEO, definitely check us out. We also have a free SEO audit available on the site. So just go to Big Fin SEO. You can check out the audit. Uh, Also, I mentioned uh, Report Hopper for reporting. Uh, You can still get access to free reporting. We have a free option. Uh, That's a full service option. So you can check it out for free at reporthopper.com. And uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, uh, feel free to uh, tweet me, I guess, at M Fleischner, M-F-L-E-I-S-C-H-N-E-R. And if you'd like to learn more about SEO, check out my book, Uh, SEO Made Simple on Amazon.com. And finally, uh, you guys will hear about this because Christopher is going to be a guest, uh, but I am a host of the Digital Freelancers podcast available on Apple and Spotify. And we talk about digital marketing issues and opportunities. And uh, of course, we'll broadcast broadcast to everybody uh, when Christopher will be there. Uh, But I'm looking forward to having you on the show.
0: Yeah. Excellent. I can't wait. Um, and also guys, like right off the top of what he said, a free um, SEO audit for your website. Uh, I think we should probably take a look at that. Yeah. huh? Um, if you are interested at all, dip your feet in people, get wet, just understand the, like, the first steps, the basics, That's kind right. of where you are. Um, and SEO is such a great topic. I think Michael, you've been, you've been super helpful. You answered all of our audience's questions and my own because I'm a novice when it comes to what you do. Um, so thank you so much, um, folks, um, if you have any questions for any future guest, please go to go sales You can go to the social links on the top right-hand corner. Uh, just click around. There's gonna be something that's going to be interesting. Shoot me a message, shoot me a question, DM me. I don't care if you want to, if you have a topic that you want me to cover in the past, I mean, we've obviously covered SEO and freelancing with Michael. We've done affiliate marketing, influencer marketing, social media marketing. Like I know about that. And, uh, and lots more. So if you have a topic or if you have questions, please just shoot them over to me. Also, while you're there, we have the e-course that pops up. Join it. It's great. Um, and also take a look at our blog. And um, until next time, folks, I will see you on the Social Marketing Academy. Take care, folks.